Thank you, Larry, for that selection of songs. And um, we need to go to prayer right now that there be nothing between us and our Savior. And we make a resolve that we want to um, have nothing hindering between us and our Savior. So let's open with prayer. Lord God, we do thank you again for this opportunity to open your word, to come before you. And thank you for the hymn we just sung as a reminder that we want to resolve that there's nothing between us and you. I pray that you'd forgive us for times we fall short of your ways and that during this time now that there'd be nothing that hinders your work to be done here. And I call out for help in that. And I pray that as I share that I'd be able to share clearly what you've given me and help us to all understand what you have written um, through Luke, that we can apply it to our lives and be drawn close to you and be encouraged to live boldly, boldness and courageous for you during these days. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So this morning we're going to be looking at um, Acts chapter 4. It will be 1 through 22. And it will be kind of a, a continuation from where we were last week. But um, we're going to see now it turns more with um, Peter and John and how they stood up and were uh, very bold and courageous for God. So the title of our message this morning is Boldness That Bears Witness. And we're going to see that um, the all-powerful name of Jesus is through this and just as we were learning in Sunday school this morning through the book of Esther how in Esther God's name's not mentioned anywhere in the book but as you read and go through it you see his sovereignty in his hand through the whole orchestrating of all events and we see that through the book of Acts as the um, power of the Holy Spirit and it's the we see over and over the um, powerful name of Jesus is, is mentioned. And we'll see how, how did the all-powerful name of Jesus affect the lives of people in the early stages of the church. And in these verses, we'll see three different groups of people that were affected by the authority and power of Jesus' name. So if you would open your Bibles, please, and follow along with me as we look at chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes, and Aeneas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have, you, have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man 
by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was shown. So as we get into it, just a, a kind of a, a quick overview again um, as to who's all involved. The people that are mentioned uh, is those that Peter was sharing the good news with. Um, in chapter 3, previous to this, when they had um, the man uh, was healed, and then all the people came running unto Peter and John, and um, that's when Peter began to, to share and say it's through the name of Jesus that he was, he was healed. Then we also have uh, all the rulers, um, the Sanhedrin, the, the Sadducees, the scribes, Ananias, Caiaphas, and others. And this was all happening in Jerusalem. Uh, and this more or less took place at Solomon's porch. It's part of the temple. It's like the outside kind of the court area where they can convene. And this was, um, this episode right here is like I say, was just as Peter was preaching um, from when that man was healed. But um, it was some days after Pentecost. That was when all this was, was going on. And, um, and it was, uh, you know, Peter and John's boldness that um, was revealed when they were confronted by the religious leaders. So to look at the three different groups and how they were affected by the authority and power of Jesus' name, first group is the, the group of people, those that believed. And that um, we see in verse 4, which says, um, you know, when a after those first three chap verses, 
when they took Peter and John away, it, it says that, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. So it's added, it's added to those that believed from his first um, message to them. And we want to make note that um, it says those that heard. Now, granted, there were many people there. Not every one of them believed. This word heard is the connotation of obeying. So they responded. They responded to um, God's prompting in their heart, and they obeyed the truth to what was it that they were sharing? To repent and the remission of sins. And they, um, they obeyed that. They heard that. That resonated with them. And they received Jesus as their Savior by turning from their, their sins. And um, that's, um, that was the one group there. Now, remember, many of these people, um, they're just everyday people. And they had seen the lame man for many years. And it says they walked by him as they entered the um, um, by the gates and all, so they had they had seen him, and they were Israelites. They were it's, it says um, in in chapter three, sons of prophets. They were descendants of Abraham, and they were people also that were part of the crowd that cried out, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" But um, they were brought under conviction through. Peter speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives and they um, they heard and obeyed another group that was there besides those that believed were the religious leaders and we see that in verses 5 and 6 where it lists them all um, and it's interesting in that it says they were um, they were grieved that they taught the people and preach through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So I wonder what kind of, you know, that tells you right there what kind of religious leaders they are if they're grieved over that preaching. That's what we're preaching today as far as resurrection of the dead. Jesus, you know, is alive and he's our risen savior. Um, and so it makes you wonder. And it says they were grieved. And great, another version is greatly annoyed. Um, and we see how that begins to fester and be um, exemplified in their, in their lives because as you get into chapter 5, it was, um, again, they brought Peter and John in and they wait a second, we told you not to be preaching in this name. And it's said of them in verse 17 of chapter 5 that they were filled with indignation and that's um, envy and jealousy. So it's, it's more and more. It's really showing their character. And then later in that same chapter, um, uh, that was when the angel had opened the jail cells, took them, put them in the temple. They were preaching. So now they come back because they were brought back to um, these religious leaders. And it says of them in verse 33 of chapter 5, enraged, they wanted to kill them. So, and that word enraged, it means literally to cut with a saw in two parts. So, they were really, really uh, <clears throat> angry um, and wanting to, you know, this really bothered them. So, 
the question is, well, you know, well, why? Why Why did they respond that way? But we see that that's, um, that's how they, they had been. They were that way because the, the name of Jesus is the real issue that people can't stand. It re represents God's authority. And if you turn with me to Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 8, this was this shows um, their same reaction, and this was actually with Jesus. So Luke 20, verse 1. And it came to pass that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders and spake unto him, saying, Tell us, by what authority dost thou do these things? Or who is he that gave thee this authority? And that was when he was referring to when he had cleaned out and, and, and cleaned the temple, overturned the money changers and things. And it said, and he answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, if we shall say from heaven, he will say, why then believed ye him not? But, and if we say of men, all the people will stone us, for they be persuaded that John was a prophet. And they answered that they could not tell whence it was. And Jesus said unto them, neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. And it was it's kind of the same thing in that um, John like Jesus was not part of their official rabbinic uh, order of things. And I think to show a um, passage that really indicates their true motive, why they were responding like this, if we turn to John 11, verse 47. All right, and... Um, Again, this is just going to show how because of the miracles and the preaching that was being done in Jesus' name, this is how it affected the religious leaders. And John 11, 47, I believe, gets at the heart of the issue of their, of their motives. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council. And said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. And not for the nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that we were scattered abroad, that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. So there it clearly states that they're, they're really concerned that, you know, if everybody goes and follows him, the Romans are going to come and, and, and take them away um, 
they're not needed anymore, and uh, they were used to their lifestyle and how um, things were going for them. And to them, Jesus was just messing that up on them. And we want to remember what Jesus said in John 14, 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And something I just want to, you know, to point out is, and we'll hit on this a little later, but the idea of that's clear. Jesus says, no one gets to the Father but by him. And as we see with Peter and John, as we'll get to in a minute, when they, you know, they've been told not to preach, not to preach in this name, not to do it. And um, we'll see that in a minute. But something I just want to bring to our attention, that we all be aware of what's going on in our world, what's going on around us, and that, um, again, there's many in this world that... Um, they want to worship everything but Jesus. And we're going to see that more and more in our country as far as it being difficult to um, stand up for God's word and what it says. And just to, you know, to be aware of like the World Economic Forum, they're setting up the world religion and whether to climate control and worshiping the earth. And just back in February, the United Nations had a World Interfaith Harmony Week, and that's trying to promote tolerance and all. But the fact of the matter is, God's word is clear that it's only through the name of Jesus um, that someone is saved. And as, um, as Peter said, there is none other, no other name under heaven given by which we must be saved. So it's, it's very important that we keep that in mind, be aware of that, and um, like I said, we'll come back to that in some of the application. So we have the group of people that were the believers that were affected by the all-powerful name of Jesus. We have the religious leaders that showed their true colors when they confronted with this, again, just as they did when Jesus confronted them and they thought they were done with it when they crucified him and got rid of him. But now he's back through the um, apostles' teaching and all. So the third group we have is the apostles themselves. And we see how they were emboldened to proclaim the gospel regardless of the consequences. And I think this is a major um, emphasis that we want to be able to reflect on, take away, um, is how they were able to do that. Uh, they were emboldened to proclaim the gospel regardless of the consequences. Um, their boldness is what got the attention um, of, the, of the religious leaders. Um, it's interesting to see that um, the religious leaders mentioned that they were surprised of their boldness, but the reason that they cited was they knew that they had been with Jesus. They knew that they had been with Jesus. And that's very important for us that if we're going to stand strong and uh, rely on God's word, we need to know God's word. We need to know Jesus uh, intimately through reading his word, studying his words and his works, 
what he's done. Just like the apostles spent those three years day in and day out with him, that we need to be in God's word and really growing and learning and just seeing examples. Just for instance, again, the book of Esther clearly shows um, how that Esther as an individual and Mordecai, they trusted God regardless of what was going on around them. So many, many examples you know, throughout scripture that shows that. And what helps with that boldness is knowing that um, hard times are going to be coming. We're to expect it. Jesus, Jesus clearly said it and gave them much warning. In John 15, turn to John 15, verse 18. This is when he was speaking about that abiding, abiding in him. And letting them know what was going to be becoming. And um, he suffered the persecution and he let his followers know that we will also. So from John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love you his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. But this commandment cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. And we continue there. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. And that's what we covered last week, um, and that's exactly what they're doing now. They are his witnesses um, through this. And just as another example, we, we see the boldness of the early apostles there. I want to draw your attention to familiar characters in the Old Testament, Daniel and his three friends. I will call them their real names, which was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But those were their, those were their Jewish names. And it's very interesting in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. As a young teenager, he resolved in his heart not to defile himself. Now, we want to remember that he was approximately 14 years old when he was taken captive, and then he began this. And my point of sharing this is that when you look at the boldness of the apostles, they were with Jesus. 
And our example is to be in his word, to get familiar with Jesus and um, understand his words and his works. With these young teenagers, it's clear by their names because Daniel means God is my judge. Hananiah, the Lord is gracious. Mishael, who is what God is. And Azariah, the Lord has helped. So takeaway from that is that they had godly parents. And this was in the time um, of the exile. Um, or be, before, be, just before the exile, but when God was bringing judgment on them. But there was still a remnant. God still had his remnant. And they were teaching their children God's ways. And that's an encouragement to us to be teaching our children, our grandchildren, to influence those that we can in God's ways. Because as a young person, he took a stand against the most powerful man in the world at that time. But he trusted God for the outcome. And God used him mightily through that. Same with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah. You know, God used them as a testimony to Nebuchadnezzar in that they stood up for God and God was able to um, deliver them. Um, and same with Daniel later on in his life. Um, in chapter 6 of Daniel, verse 10, he defied the king's edict continue to pray just as he had always done. And again, that's important to look at that what he had always done. That was his person. That was his practice. That's why he was able to um, be used of God and stand strong in those situations because that was his character. That's what he had done. And so now when um, the same with uh, Peter and John um, in act, going back to Acts chapter 4, Verse 19, it says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Again, so that's, that's their resolve. They, they came away from this time, especially after Jesus was raised from the dead. And he told them, You will be my witnesses. You will... Um, Shared the good news of remittance, you know, repentance and remittance of sins. And that was what they knew. They saw Jesus, and that's what he commanded them to do. And that was their mindset, regardless of what anyone else had said. So, again, we see through um, these three different groups of people how the all-powerful name of Jesus affected their lives. And... The people that believed, the group of people that heard and obeyed, we saw how it had effect on the religious leaders whose hearts were not right with God, but it stirred them to rage and anger and uh, just brought out what their response had been when they actually were with Jesus as well. And then we see through the apostles how God used them in example for us to stand, stand and stand courageously for God's word. Um, as we enter times when we're told we can't say this or can't share this or that, it's very important that we make up our minds ahead to stand strong and courageous for God's word because um, there will be coming resistance to the good news and the name of Jesus. Everything else is okay, but don't mention the name of Jesus. And that's what I'd like to you know, encourage us all to really be thinking this, be in God's word, 
and um, growing, growing closer to God in that. Again, so as we bring this around, some of the things as far as, um, you know, applying to our lives, I like to say, so, so what? So what? We just learned about a couple of guys that were stood up to the uh, government officials, but how do we take that? What do we do with that? And uh, a few things I'd like us to, to think about is, um, are we growing closer to God by investing time in his word and prayer? And this all started because Peter and John were on their way to a prayer meeting. That was when, you know, Peter ended up healing the man. So we want to keep that in mind that that was, that was in the afternoon. They were on their way to go to a prayer meeting. And it's very important that we be in prayer. We in prayer for each other. We in prayer for our body here as we call out to God for um, uh, 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 pastor to come lead this flock. Um, so it's very important in that regard. And can it be said of us that we have been with Jesus? Just as um, those that could not deny it or were shocked at their response and how bold and courageous they were, they attribute it to them being with Jesus. Can that be said of us? Are, are we the way we're living our lives, exemplifying that um, we have been spent time with Jesus? Have we resolved in our heart that we will always name the name of Jesus and share his good news regardless of the opposition and mandates from worldly authorities that will tell us we cannot do that? Right? The time to prepare is now. We need to be really um, delving into, into God's word and um, building that, that trust, that obedience that we can in, in walking with God. And what have you seen or heard recently from God that he would have you share with others that would bring him glory? As we saw the result of when, um, you know, Peter, uh, you know, God through Peter healed that lame man. Over and over, it's saying how it brought glory to God. People were praising and glorifying God. So are, are there things in our life that God is working through us that's being... Um, bringing glory to God. So, again, we want to just um, um, things to kind of wrap up to think about and look over. You know, this passage. We want to remember that there will always be those that oppose Jesus. That's been in the time, and we're seeing that now as well. It is only through faith in Jesus that our sins can be forgiven. It's the only way to be saved. And remember, you know, that, you know, that verse where, um, um, sorry. That there's no other name, none other, that we must be saved. We want to, you know, remember that. And once we have been generally saved and been with Jesus, it's impossible not to share what we've seen and heard. We see that from, from you know, what Peter shared. It's just how um, God was working in their lives. And when they were told to be quiet and not talk anymore about it, they said, that, well, that's impossible. We can't, we can't not share what we've seen and heard. And that's um, how we want to 
be as well. So, you know, what has God been doing in our lives that we can share that? And God's um, work through his faithful stewards will bring praise and glory to himself. And again, we see this in, in Matthew five sixteen. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So I just want to you know, share this today, have us reflect on, on this um, very important passage and example that um, through adversity, they were able to stand for what they believed and God was able to work through them. And God is given glory by activities and results that he does through his faithful um, stewards. So I just will close with a with prayer. Lord God in heaven, we do thank you for um, this example here. And we see um, the reaction of these different groups of people that were affected um, by your powerful name. And I pray, God, that we would be those that are emboldened and strengthened to be used of you, to speak courageously, to share your good news, and help us to um, stand strong in the midst of this culture that is turning away from you, that um, we would still be the salt and light and do things that are honoring and pleasing in your sight that would bring glory to you, just as the healing of this man did there. And I pray that as um, you give us works to do, things to be involved with, that would bring glory to you and that your name would be lifted up. Thank you for each one that's here, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would apply these truths in the way that you know in each heart where they need to be applied. And we give you thanks for this, and look forward to seeing what you will do in our lives this coming week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Larry.